show us a little uh, a little beach action there, Joseph. Look at that, man. Are those all people out there? Yeah. That's pretty beautiful. Pretty beautiful. Wow. What pretty is beautiful. this? Immersive view. What is this crap? This is new. We're gonna ignore that. All right, we're not we're not gonna do anything with that one, Joe. So why don't you have a seat? Let's uh stop getting the Blair Witch project, get that nice beach in the background. I'm gonna go ahead yep. and change to gallery view so we can see a little bit of my ugly mug, a little bit of your ugly mug, and maybe nice, a little bit nice. of this a little bit of the puppo or doggo behind you. Numerous dogs. I got numerous dogs today. I have three joining us. We've got Percy. I don't know if you guys can see this. We, we got a herd of animals. Oh, I do see that. Yeah, there we go. What's up, guys? Hey, hey, dog. How you doing? <laughs> I'm Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Say hi to your mother for me, okay? Say hi to uh, okay. Okay. Um, so welcome, everyone, to the Hacker Outdoors podcast. Welcome back. Another week, another episode. Joe, as you can see, is in beautiful Myrtle Beach. I was talking to my buddy today, too. He said uh, it was absolutely gorgeous down there. I'm like, Joe sending me sexy leg pictures from the shore. Um, oh, yeah. Hot dog pictures. Ooh, baby. <laughs> it was nice. It was balmy, 80-some degrees. Well, I got to be honest. Um, so here in Northern Jersey, it was, geez, what was it, like 77 today? That's not bad. Not a bad day for uh, October. Not a bad day. I saw my first Christmas commercial about two minutes ago. Oh, that's that's my judgment face. Yeah. Mm. It's, you know, October something and Christmas yeah. is already here. So. Yeah, well, we'll we'll leave it at that because that's uh that's silly. So, you know, this episode we are talking about tour fishing, how we ended up. You know, it's been yep. uh, yep. you know so. two two weeks since the last one when we no uh, one week since we talked about your kind of fishing ventures and wanted to get a heads up on where you where you ended up and. No, unfortunately, down here in the swamp, we don't have high speed internet. It's uh. It's shoddy, it's hit or miss, but I love yeah. the swamp. Basically, if you get lost in the swamp, you can't depend on your Google Maps, which I learned Saturday. So you better know where to go. Or you could end up in a bad situation, just like uh, that movie. <laughs> a couple of them, right? Didn't I send you a picture of the deliverance point with the banjo? Yep, it could, it could end up like that. I mean... You know, around Santee Cooper, it, it gets pretty uh pretty remote real quick, boys. Real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Well let's let's jump on in, Joe. So, you know, we had a, a big tournament, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so we kinda... had a, the two day super tournament for the BFL MLF BFL South Carolina division. It's their two day super tournament championship. Where on the second day, the top 20 made it to the second day, I believe. Um, day one, it, it was good. A late flurry gave me a good weight, good weight, and uh, put me in the day two. Um, literally, you can't give up when you're quoting fishing because the last two fish I caught, I'm talking minutes before we had to the end, and those last two fish were big 
difference makers in me making day two. I think at the end of day one, I was sitting in 12th overall. And um, Brennan, my, my buddy and travel partner, was sitting in 14th overall. So we both made it to day two. Um, day two is tossing a lot of people. Um, I, I did enough. Um, I think I finished 14th overall for the, the tournament. And I finished the season ninth overall out of a couple hundred guys. And, and Brennan actually uh, won. He got first place for the season. Um, the best part is, wow. if I would have caught one more fish on day two, one more fish on day two, and Brennan would not have won the division. So Coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? That's uh... well, It makes the ease of not catching as many on day two a little better. I would have felt a little little bad if I caught another fish and I would have ended up like number three overall and you were in two. I don't think I could have jumped over him unless, unless he didn't do well day one, which he did. So, hmm. But top 10 for the season, I mean, that's incredible. That's very hard to do. So lakes I've never fished before. Brennan won it, which is pretty crazy. So now we have the regionals in St. John's River in Blackwood, Florida, uh, October 21st through the 24th. Oh, wow. So that's wow. coming up real quick. Yeah, that, that's a three-day. Um, everybody fishes day two, and then the last day on day three, I think it's the top 20, maybe. I've never fished St. John's. So, so take take me through the tournament itself, right? So, um, day one, you get on the water. What time is it? So, day one, I partnered with a buddy of mine. You got to hold on a second. The military is apparently let's see flying some type of insane. He's gonna flip around. Do you see that thing? Yeah, what is that? It's a it's huge. Huge helicopter, the one that's got that big, uh, like pointy thing out the nose of it. Was that like a longbow they call it or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's a huge helicopter. I mean, it's almost as big as should enough minus to second. Bob, but um, day one, I got paired up with a buddy of mine who I'm actually fishing a tournament down here on Saturday. Um, Chafin, real good guy. Um, we ran some spots uh, early morning, we put up this first spot. We were catching fish left and right. Um, he put a good keeper in the box. I've got a whole bunch of shorts. And we ran to a few other spots, and then um, just random spots. And about 10.30, I, I put a, a real good fish in, just a random fish. Um, good size. I think it was probably like a three-pounder in the boat. And then um, we ran back to where we started, and I put three more in the boat. Hindsight's twenty twenty. We shouldn't have left that first spot. We should have probably just stayed there and milked it all day because it was loaded with fish. <laughs> yeah, could, well, again, could have, would have, should have, right? In hindsight. We, we were both saying that when we, when we got back in the game. We should have just stayed at that spot. Because, like I said, at the end of the day, we pulled up last couple of minutes. We went somewhere else after I caught a couple in there again. And on the way back in, we stopped there again and literally two casts, two big keepers, and we had to go. Um, Let me ask you, you know, in a tournament, is that advisable? Like if you, I know we, we talk about this a little bit, like you're catching fish, don't leave, but you're saying he caught a fish there. You, you kind of 
hit a little bit of a spell, right? It sounds like, and then you moved on from that spot. So why would you stick in that position? Well, we never hit a spell. We were catching fish. They were just shorts. He caught okay. a hot keeper. It was, it was loaded with fish. Uh, you never, you, you don't want to leave a spot if it's loaded with the right fish and you know they're going to be there throughout the day. Um, if you practice and you know you can stay at that area, it's a good enough area that's good fishing there, that you can get five good ones off of, you're going to kind of want to stay. Like I said, he caught a keeper. We caught a couple of shorts. Uh, I think the minimum was 15 inches. So they weren't small fish. They were good-sized fish. Uh, and we just tried some of these other spots just to see. And, and they weren't really happening. The bite was kind of tough down there then. And I was able to pick off one or two good ones off those random spots. But hindsight 2020, we probably should have stayed around our starting spot and really worked that because – it was the type of spot that we could each put a solid lemon in. We could each, throughout the day, put a solid five fish in there. What was, what was your go-to technique going into the tournament? And, you know, I know you and Brennan spent some time, you know, the weeks leading up to a tournament, even the week leading up to the tournament, um, talking about technique, talking about, you know, what you're throwing, um, where you're, you know, where you're going, et cetera, et cetera. What were your thoughts? Did you match that? Did you kind of change it as the day progressed? Did you realize that you were catching these shorts? Did you go up in sizes? What? How did that look like? Or what did that look like? So everything played out. So Murray, the Lake Murray, a lot of locals go out and plant, plant cane piles, they call them. Basically brush piles. So they're taking cane, brush, and they'll plant them in the water and, and fish um, make, make that. Those cane piles are home. Those brush piles are home. So if you can find brush piles, you know the fish were there. At this time of year, most of the guys were catching their fish on topwater walking baits over the cane piles. But it, it was finicky. So they were throwing big, uh, I'm a skimmers, big, big walking baits, like four or five inch walking baits with loud knockers. And they'll throw them over the cane pile and walk them because it's a blueback herring lake. And, and the bass will school on the blueback herring just come up in a huge feeding frenzy. So a lot of guys were strictly had in their hands those walking baits. Um, I did have those tied on, but I also had finesse because I've had a lot of luck pulling fish out of the cane piles with, with finesse presentations, whether it's a net rig or a drop shot or a wacky worm. So, um, so I wore jerk bait, um, soft or hard jerk bait, and I had a lot of success with the, with, with the finesse stuff. Um, a lot of the guys who were strictly throwing the walking baits were just getting the bites here or there, here or there. But with, with the finesse presentation, if we were on a spot with fish, I could get them to bite it. And that's, that's been key for a lot of areas. Um, the bite was tough down there. Um, like I said, a lot of guys just stuck with that walking bait and lived and died by it. And some guys did really, really well and they weren't just throwing that. But as a co-angler, I'm more of the mind of gives me fish that I can get a limit and then go from there. Now, would that change if you were the boater? Would you change to having a little bit different tactics of, you know, sticking with top water, for example, rather than switching to the finesse? Just saying, you, you said well, as, a, as a co-angler, right? You, your goal was to do yeah. um, exactly fill, fill your bag, right? And, and, and get your limit pretty early on. So what would be different if you were the boater? Right. Right. Well, the thing is, if, if you're fishing with a 
decent builder. They're throwing a walking day. And kick fish off your list. And really, Joe, we're, we're you can losing do it. again. My philosophy is always big. Let me go inside. Yeah. Give me one second. Yeah. There you go. Are we back? Yeah, we're back. So my philosophy has always been, if you're the builder who's halfway decent, and they're in front of them and they're throwing a walking bait, you're not going to pick a lot of fish off behind them, especially if they know what they're doing. That's why I tend to try to throw a little something different, whether it's just a slower presentation to pick off fish that are missing or getting fish to bite who have seen a lot of those who are more finicky. And that's kind of what a finesse presentation does. It's more realistic. It's slower. Um, it's downsizing. And it's just doing this hard. There's fish who, that don't bite often to bite. Um, you know, if they're busting all around, then yeah, sure. I mean, if they're feeding like crazy, I mean, you both should be throwing that walking bait and catching them. But when you go over a cane pile and they're not feeding and he throws that loud bait over there one time and they don't bite her a couple of times, they're not going to bite it. The way those these walking baits be thrown, they're, they're so loud, they're not. Um, you're casting that thing like 70 yards and you can hear it like, all the way. It's so loud. It's definitely a disrupting noise, but it calls the fish out. And, and my strategy is kind of just go behind and pick off the, the harder to catch fish. And it definitely paid off. Definitely paid off. So. Hmm. So, you know, I'd like to recap because I know, you know, I've talked about it. You know, congratulations. That's a major year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, same thing to Brennan. If you're listening, man, that's. Uh, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I would be lying if I didn't say I wanted number one, but I'm glad he wanted. Well, he's your buddy and then you're yeah. you're happy as hell for him. But you definitely you, you have that drive to, you know, maybe do it next year. Right. Um, oh, definitely. And we, we talked a little bit about it as well offline, and I think a little bit online here too, where we were saying that next year you're trying not to fish the Northeast Division at all. You're trying to stay down there. Is that still the goal now that you've yeah. fi finalized the year? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be fishing the South Carolina Division and probably the Savannah, it's called the Savannah River Division, which is like the Georgia and North Florida Division. I love the Northeast. It's, it's just a it's this huge swath of area you cover fishing that, you know, anywhere from Maryland to Maine, basically where, um, it's weird times of the year too. It's just a ton of, ton of traveling. Um, we're down here. I mean, there's like probably 15 lakes they pull from and they're all champion lakes. And, uh, so let's spend a little bit more time down here. Um, the Northeast, I know really, really well, this, the South, the Southern lakes are still kind of new to me. I mean, really new to me. Um, so I, I think it'll be good for the future, just kind of getting a good feel on these lakes. Um, like I said, the driving, you know, I love fishing the St. Lawrence, but where we launch out of, it's like a 12, 12 hour drive from my house. And that's kind of a lot for a one day tournament. Oh, for sure. That's a, that's a huge road trip. And yeah. Yeah, I, I can tell you from driving up north a number of times. I mean, that's um, it looks close, but it's not. Another thing is, Brennan and I camp and we travel together, so that saves a lot of costs. The hotels up there are so expensive in upstate. Like even in these remote areas, they're through the roof. What him and I do, we just camp 
and it costs us near nothing. I think it'll be fun. You know, I, it looks like the schedule is setting up. I think Hartwell is on there. Lake Murray's on there. Santee Cooper's on there. A couple others I haven't fished before on there. So it, it should be good. It's not finalized yet, but it should be out soon. Cool. Well, let's, um, let's finish on this. So next year, goals, obviously, is, you know, trying to beat, beat that coming, coming first in the uh, co-angler. What the are you planning on? Well, it's season's true. The ultimate goal is to make it to the BFL All-American, which very, very few guys ever do. Even top pros have never made that to there. So the regional, if we do good at the regional, we go into the All-American, which is a huge, huge deal. Um, but goals next year is to win it. I want to be number one. If you're not, so, if you're not number one, you're you're last. Is that what it was? You're last, you're pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> if you're not first, you're last. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I got Bob. small tournaments. Like I, I got, I got a small tournament Saturday on Santee Cooper, which will be fun. And I got some ABA events still, um, and I'll fish a lot of tournaments. But I, I think South Carolina in the in the, in the Savannah River Division. We'll be starting up into January, so we're really not that far off in the grand scheme of things. No, not at all, really. And you know, I, I think, um, you know, I like to kind of reflect on what's happened over the past year or season, or even like you do with events. What did we do wrong? You know, uh, and what can we do better? And yeah. I, I know you're you're there and you're scheming, and you and Brendan are talking, and you're learning from what happened this year and trying to figure out, you know, what, what's next. So uh, well, I'm, I'm excited to see. This year, this, this coming season will absolutely be my last as a co-angler. Absolute last. No more. There'll be boater. So well, we're here learning the lakes and then the following season we'll be out there going, going full bore. Well, for those of you, you know, who are unaware, Joe, Joe has told me that, you know, he's moving to the dirty South and he's planning on dancing at least three days a week to help pay for the boat. So if you are down in the Myrtle beach area and you know of the gentleman's club or females club, whatever you want to call it, that Joe will be working at, you know, it's please make sure house. you tip. It's a dollhouse. Make sure you give him, you give him plenty of tips and uh, help him uh, fulfill his dream of getting oh, a nice big boat. There'll be a boat by next summer. So <laughs> I'm joking. We'll of happens, course, fellas. you know, Dollhouse, well, Route 17. Route 17. Beach. There we go. So, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Is that what it is right now? I might do Wednesdays because Wednesdays is five ninety nine. All you can eat prime ribs. So that brings a good crowd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the humor. Well, Joe, uh, appreciate your time in. And um, Hi, everyone, thanks for listening. 